When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How To Money podcast. We're a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at encouraging the conversation around money. I'm Kate, your host, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Susan. Thank you, Kate. Yes, welcome back to the show. It's been a few weeks since we've last recorded. Now, today we're going to be talking about bonds. Just to clarify, not James Bond. We're talking about financial bonds, also known as fixed interest or debt securities. Uh, So we're going to mostly talk about today how they work, what they are, how they differ from shares, and why might you be interested in learning about them? Thanks, Kate. Yes, bonds is a very big term, and yet in everyday finance and investing, it's not a product most people would invest in. They're considered hard to get hold of, hard to invest in, you need a lot of money to invest in them. But it's really important to know what they are. If you're in a managed fund, if you're in a super scheme, you probably find that part of your money is in bonds. They're international, they can be local bonds, they can be Australian government bonds, they can even be bonds issued by your local state or council or corporation. So it's a very big word to mean many things. Mm. So what is a bond? A bond is a loan that is what we call securitized or recognized on a piece of paper like a share was when we talked about shares originally they were bits of paper so a bond was originally bits of paper you don't get that anymore so you in fact in effect lend money to a corporation you might lend a hundred dollars to a corporation and in return they issue you a bond which is your evidence of the loan. So like the share was your evidence of investing a part of that company, a bond is the evidence of that loan. Usually bonds, however, you know, start from 10,000 and go upwards and many people invest in millions when you talk about government bonds. You know, other banks are buying them by the millions of dollars. So pension funds, super funds, buy mm bonds i think we might mention later in this episode some ways that you can get involved with bonds nowadays for a very small amount yes because uh, so. it's starting to change with technology and yep. um, different products appearing so the big difference between a share and a bond when you buy a bond you're lending money to the company you're not investing in the company you're lending money to the company so you don't get any access to the profits or any upside, if the share price goes up, it doesn't affect your bond price. So when you um, invest in a company, they will tell you um, the rate of return. So that's where we get this idea of fixed interest. They might say, if you invest $100, you are going to get 5% per annum. Hmm. So $5 per annum, and most bonds in Australia have a fixed 
lifespan. So it might be five years, 10 years, could be 20 years. Mm. So they're usually longer term products, uh, 20 years, 30 years. And over that period, you get your 5% per annum. Yep. So that's why people like them. They're a fixed, regular income. And usually in Australia, it's 5% per annum, but it's paid semi-annually. So that's $2.50 every six months. Mm -hmm. So it's a known date, known amount, and all going well. And the company or government is is good at the end of 25 years or however long that bond lasts for, you get your $100 back. Yeah. So that's the idea of a known amount on maturity and a known interest Mm. amount. So... Some people like regular income, you know, retirees, that sort of thing, like investing in bonds. Hmm. But often it's not very interesting for younger people who want to take up more yeah. risk and want to see the... It's probably not the most exciting yeah. product out it there. It is not. Yeah, um, what is... Uh, from what you see, it's generally classified as sort of a low to medium financial risk level yes. of financial product. Um, usually... if I think if I'm lending money to someone, I think it's quite a high risk mm-hmm. thing. If I, if I gave mm-hmm. my sister a hundred bucks, uh, I probably wouldn't see it back <laughs> too soon. No, so, so you've got to what's, be... what's your security? Yeah, you've position? got to be very careful who you're lending money to. Now, in Australia, one of the big issues of bonds is the government, the Australian government, yep. which is at the moment still rated AAA. And oh, so we can, us, we can we can fund our them. government's debt. Yes, growing now. we consider them the, the least risky not totally risk-free nothing is but the least risky so you can um, lend money to the government and you get your interest and your maturity value Um, u.s government you might have heard is a massive issuer of bonds because it runs very big debt so uh, european central banks issue bonds all sorts of people around the world issue bonds governments large corporations issue bonds people who need a lot of money but remember again governments if you remember back to greece not too many years ago Mm. you know people wondered well would they ever see their money back we have have had had governments go into default around the world and usually don't see much of your money back but putting that aside you can invest in bonds issued by state governments australian governments and large corporates here which have very low risk. I guess I've I've probably read a lot more about shares rather than bonds, and I um, I guess I'm not too switched on so about bonds. So what is what is the difference between bonds and shares? How do they differ? Well, you can actually get bonds now listed on the stock exchange, so you yeah. can see their price every day. They do move with interest rates. So if you've got that bond that was paying you 5% and interest rates fell to 4 that value of that bond goes up because, hey, 5% is better than the new bonds at 4%. However, if interest rates start rising, then that value of that bond actually falls in value because you can now reinvest your money at 6%, but your bond's only paying you 5%. It's fixed. Um, and as I said earlier, you don't get... If the firm's making profit, yes, that means they'll repay your bond back, but it doesn't. the bond doesn't go up just because the firm's mm. making lots and lots of money. However, they're often built to stabilise a portfolio, so they're considered more stable 
than a mm. share market. So that's why in yeah, a balanced fund... defensive assets. Yes, they mix them or have some bonds here as well as shares. So again, yeah. remember we talked about not putting everything into the same basket. Yeah. So rather than investing everything in shares, as you, you build up your, your wealth, um, people also look at, at bonds. Mm. Um, there's many different types, but they're usually, as I said, for the higher net wealth or the super funds. Yeah. Um, when funds, I checked out my managers. super, I... Uh... I've got some bonds somewhere down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they give you that regular income, which people like. Mm. So, as I said, you won't see a lot about them. They're not high profile in the newspapers. Yeah, they're not going to make the front page in no. the AFR or anything no. like that. But it's important we have a bond market because that's how the government raises a lot of bonds. They sell them both to Australians, uh, to investors here and overseas. Mm. So Australian companies raise money by selling these overseas as well. And the Australian economy is seen as a nice, stable investment. So we do raise a lot of money from overseas investors mm. because we've got stable government and a good credit rating. Mm. So the other types, yeah, we mentioned government bonds. We mentioned you can have corporate bonds, so they're issued by a corporate. Well, yeah, with that, why would, uh, for example, only someone like Telstra, why would they choose to raise money through bonds rather than raising equity and issuing more shares, raising yep. capital that way. Yep, they, they can do both, um, obviously, and a lot of firms do. But Is some, one cheaper? Yes, one can be cheaper for them. Um, and also they have different tax effects for different people. You've got different types of investors. So if everyone's going, I've got a lot of Telstra shares already, they've been issuing so many shares... Uh, you know, big funds can't just keep buying endless amount of yeah. any one company. So, because they've got to be diversified as well. Yep. Yeah. So, a large company might say, okay, we don't think there's an appetite for people to even buy more Telstra shares. And remember, this is hypothetical. Yeah, it's an example. Isn't it? It's an example. I have no <laughs> idea what Telstra is actually thinking at this moment. But they will say, well, we need to source our funds from other places. You're a big um, corporation. Um, people overseas are attracted potentially to Telstra so they can issue bonds if they choose to to people around the world with mm. different types of longer-term debt. And, you know, that allows them to have money for maybe 10 years. They can issue 10 yeah. bonds, things like that. So, again, different sources of financing yeah. is just as important for you for a corporation as different sources of investing for you as an individual. Mm. You, know, you have a choice where to invest and companies have a choice where to borrow or raise capital. So remember, a bond, you're lending to the firm, the firm has to pay you back and it pays interest. Um, whereas a share, usually when you, you buy a share, it's on that idea of perpetual the company does not pay you back for that share. Mm. It's an ongoing part of the business. Yeah. But like shares, uh, bonds as well, you can buy and sell. Mm. So if you do look at a bond, make sure you know how you could on-sell it. Yeah. So though it may be a 10-year government bond, there's a very liquid market to then sell it to someone else. So by the time you buy it, it might have eight years to go or five years to go or three years to go. Mm. Um, so and the price you pay can vary so there's quite a lot of maths behind 
the bond calculation. Um, it's not that complex, it's a standard formula, but it's well worth if you're going to look at that and want to go, well, if I buy it today, how much will I get if I sell it in three months' time? Make sure you understand the mm. basics of the mathematics. It's always be good surprised. to check out that sort of stuff and yeah. know how you can sell something before you buy it. Yes, because again, you might need your money back in a hurry. Yeah, it's always it's always really important to look at how liquid the product is. Mm. And um, some some managed funds, there's multiple year timeframes mm. to get your money back. So mm. it's always worth checking out the. Uh, Product disclosure statement. I'm not sure. Do bonds get product disclosure yes, statements? Yes, they on do. On the initial issue? On the initial issue. Okay. But people, again, often don't read them. No, it took me a couple of hours the last time I read a product disclosure yeah, statement yeah. front to back. And again, it's like buying a share on the ASX. You don't mm. see product disclosure statement. You just no. buy the share. So if you're buying a bond. I guess 20 years ago for Telstra yeah. or whatever, there yeah. would have been a product disclosure yeah. statement. So if you yeah. buy a bond now, it might have been issued five years ago. You're not very unlikely to see the product disclosure statement and bonds can have little unique bits to them Uh, they might be callable i.e the the government or corporation has a right to buy them back at Mm. certain conditions they might have options on them so they can have a lot of what we call bells and whistles on a bond yeah so in general it's not something you generally mm. would see people buying on their first couple of investments or even yeah. after 20 or 30 years. But there are ways of looking at them. Um, you can look at definitely bond funds, yeah. so managed yeah. funds, which we're going to talk about, I think, next time. Yeah. Um, they definitely have bond managed. So they buy a pool of different bonds. So if one mm. doesn't perform very well, it doesn't matter quite so much because, again, you're def- buying a diversified of bonds yeah and i guess with the the rise of etfs so exchange traded funds there's also exchange traded bonds etbs now yes Uh, so you can get involved with them with as little as 500 with some brokers yep and again they can be domestic so australian dollar issued by australian corporates or australian governments or you can buy international bonds Mm. as well which can be have a variety of currencies yeah so it's definitely um there's more scope for people, individual investors with a small starting amount to actually get involved with bonds now if they mm. are uh, interested at all. Yes. So, look, well worth reading about them, well worth understanding about them. Mm. But, you, again, think think carefully if you're going to invest in only one bond because at the end of the day, you're relying on the guarantee of that company or corporation or government issuing that bond. So if that mm. company, corporation, government, whatever falls over, goes bankrupt, you're very unlikely to see your money back. Or if it does come back, it takes a long time. As the but I guess you up. can say the same with some shares and stuff like that. Well, yes, they do. They do in ranking and winding up. The bonds usually come before the shares mm. in terms of who gets their money back first. But you don't want to be in that boat yeah. either way. So when you've got to consider which corporation will it be survival, um, you've got to consider that. In yeah. bonds, would I buy a like share in this company, then would yeah, I buy, buy a, bond. a bond? But often they give quite high returns, so maybe better than the dividend of the share because mm. the company might be seen a little bit risky. Um, so the government bonds are usually your lowest rate of return because they've got the best credit or the the best um, people view them as most likely to repay your yeah, money. And then as your credit 
Oh, be a bit cool. worrying if Australia can't pay the bonds back. We'd be in a bit of a dire situation, yeah. wouldn't we? So um, different companies have different credit ratings, which, again, mm. I don't think that's something we've talked about. No. But uh, credit ratings become very important with mm. bonds. So what is the credit rating? And the lower the credit rating, which is um, usually by an international organisation judging the company, the greater the interest rate is mm. for that bond. Mm. So triple A lowest, and then if you move down to triple B, higher interest rates. So that idea of risk and return mm. should be very evident in bonds. Yeah, I guess we've covered it a little bit, but why why would people be interested in investing in bonds as an individual? So we've talked about the diversification piece. Mm-hmm. So as an individual, some people do like government bonds. Mm. They give them a higher rate of return than potentially, not always, of course than sitting their money in the term deposit account down yeah. with a local bank. They feel that gives them more regular income. Maybe and if they don't quite want to go to shares, but yep. they want a little bit higher than bank interest. Yeah. And also you can remember, as I said earlier, you can sell them. So the term deposit's tied up, um, but you can sell a bond if you, you know about that. As we mm. mentioned earlier, you can trade them on. Um, but that's why really as individuals, you don't see too many yeah. individuals buying as one or two mm-hmm. bonds. Um, some of the debentures, which uh, have been in the past offered quite high rates of return because they were considered a little bit more risky. Yep. So finance corporations would issue those. And so let's say, let's say and this is very hypothetical, um, the bank account interest rate was 3%, your debenture might have been giving you 7 or 8%. Mm. So that quite a bit higher yeah, return. Definitely. So people have to take the risk. Do I like the risk of that finance company mm. and you know invest in their dementias for maybe a year or two years or three years? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, wa- I once heard someone say that you should own your year's worth of bonds in percentages of your portfolio, and I thought that was quite high. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So obviously, as you, I guess, move looking to as a young person, with yeah, a, you'd have, you know, if you yeah. retire at sixty, so you might have sixty percent. So because it's giving you that fixed interest. Yeah. So a lot of when you get to pensions and what they call annuities, that regular income, mm. they buy bonds because that's going to give that person, you know, five percent. Yeah, and they year. can they can rely on it. Yep, they can rely yeah. on that. So you do see as people during age that greater percentage of or start looking at bond funds to mm. stabilize because dividends go up and down yeah there's no guarantee we've seen on. a bit in the news recently yeah and they can be quite dramatically cut by a firm whereas remember they have to pay the interest on the bond first before they pay a dividend mm. so if telstra had do i pay the telstra dividends or my interest on the dementias i've issued or bonds then it's it's legally very clear they must pay the interest costs first mm. and only if they've got enough money at the end can directors declare a dividend. Mm-hmm. So it's more stable. Yeah. More stable. But as I said, it's not something usually young people would mm. get into unless yeah. they're looking at some sort of managed fund. Yeah, it's always worth having a look at your super right now and um, mm. seeing if that's actually got some bond product in it. Mm. Um, mm. And if you're going to a more balanced fund, more yeah. conservative fund, as we say. Or if you're you investing through someone bonds. like a robo-advisor and you're a conservative, you've probably got some 
yep. fixed interest products like bonds mm. in there. And that's really important when you tick that box in super, what type of fund you want. Yeah. So if you have, have ticked the aggressive box or gone through a little um, survey and aggressive, probably find you've got a lot less in bonds. But if you tick the um, conservative, really worried about any Short time decrease. investment time frame. Yeah, or decreasing capital value, mm. you'll probably find you've got a higher level of bonds. Now, that's a question, do you want that? Yeah. And that's a good thing to think about. Maybe you just didn't bother at the time and you didn't realise mm. that ticking those different boxes has a big impact on potentially the growth. Yeah. And if of you've your got a forty year time frame for your mm. super to build up, you mm. you should work out what your long term risk appetite is. And... Yes. <laughs> I love talking about your risk. <laughs> anyway, if you would like to know a bit more about bonds, there's some great resources that I've linked in the show notes about um, how they work and corporate bonds, government bonds via the Money Smart website. Well, that wraps up our episode on bonds today. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you like, leave us a review on iTunes and catch us on Twitter at HowToMoneyAustralia. Just a reminder that everything we cover in our podcast is financial education only. We are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, go and speak to a financial professional or just do some research, preferably both. It's all on the web. Remember, it's your money. Take control.